I'm Mary Bracken. Jeff Bracken. I'm Anessa. <laughs> Anessa, what's your last name? I don't have, it's Asher. <laughs> Asher, very good. So Jeff and Mary Bracken and Anessa Asher. And uh, Anessa, tell us a little bit about, um, a couple weeks ago you went to Honduras, right? So um, tell us, tell us what you guys, tell us the two or three things that you guys did on the trip that uh, really stuck out to you. Can y'all hear me? Okay. Um, there's, we did a lot. Like, I don't know if I can really sum it up in three things, but I'll try. Um, we went, the one that set out to me the most was when we went to the, um, Senderos was the name, right? And it was like the boys' home, but there was this one area that was fenced off, like, just looked like an area that nobody went to, but then when you go in, these kids that have disabilities are tied to beds with rope. <laughs> Every time I talk about it, I'm just going to cry. Um, and they just really wanted love, and they don't get that. It's very rare that somebody even goes and spends time with them. So, like, Mary and Jeff took a bunch of the boys out just to walk. And that's the first time they felt dirt and who knows how long, and just holding them. Like, they're in their teens, but they look like they're their kid's age. It's just, it was amazing. And then one day we went to the elderly orphanage and those people literally just get dropped off there if their family doesn't want them. It's, it's kind of mm. like a nursing home, but in an essence, it's not because nobody visits them. And the mm. only people that visit them are people with missions, like people on mission trips. And that one stuck out to me. And then there was the hospital, which was one of the harder places, too. It's, they, there's no air conditioning in there. Yeah. Like, it's, that's just the most insane part to me was there was no air conditioning in there. And these kids are with pneumonia and meningitis and they have staph infection and these diseases are just growing because they're the heat. It's, it was, it was rough. It was really rough. So one of the things I talked to you earlier this week, and yeah. one of the things that you said that really stuck out to me, you said, as you came back and you began to talk to other people, they ask you, Oh, so you went on a mission trip. What did you build? Yeah. And, um, you said something that was really profound and you said, I've learned to tell people that we weren't building a church. We were building the community of the yeah. church. Uh, tell us what that means. You don't, like, I, I'm pretty sure I've heard you say it here before. You don't have to be in a building to have a church. Like, you could go outside and have church. We do it every fourth Sunday. So going down there and not actually building a structure for them to be like, oh, so this is what we do on Sundays. We go in this building and we worship just once a week. It's every day we were going to these places and we were praising with them and loving on them and praying for them. So it, I don't. He had me record a video, and it was really good, and that was messed up, and now I'm really nervous. You're doing great. But it's, it was just, it was awesome being able to bring church into the community, bring God into the community, and them not think that church is just a structure of a building. Yeah, so often we forget, right, that God is living inside of us as believers, the Holy Spirit, and so when we go places, we are taking the presence of God to people and to those places. Um, that was really profound, so... Um, no, it sounds it sounded great. It sounded great. Um, you should be encouraged um, to see your faith growing and see what God yeah. did through you on this trip. So, uh, Jeff and Mary, so I'm gonna ask you. Um, I want you all to to just think about this for a minute. Uh, Jeff and Mary are married, yep. and Woo! yeah, <laughs> that's that's a good thing. But they made a decision. They also have they also have two uh, awesome kiddos, Zay and Abby. And they made a decision to go to Honduras together. I just want you to, like, you know, think about your life here for a minute and think about leaving the country, 
put yourself in their shoes, right? That's a little crazy. So um, tell us, uh, what in the world made you want to go to Honduras together? Um, and, and maybe like the specific is, can you tell us or can you remember the conversation that you had that was like, yeah, we should leave the country without our kids for a week? So we actually realized we wanted to go a few years back, um, but timing just wasn't there yet. But um, we knew we do almost everything together. Um, we're with each other almost 24 um, 7. <laughs> but that's just something that Is there we. Some resentment? <laughs> not at all. Um, <laughs> that happens. Um, but. That's just something we love to do together, um, is to serve and experience that together. Um, yeah, I'll let you finish. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I know one thing, Blake, you shared with the leaders of the church last week a passage um, out of Second Timothy where, where Paul says, I am poured out like a drink offering. Um, and he's talking about his time being near the end. And uh, I actually met with a friend uh, this past week who's my age. He's 31. He's only got a few weeks left to live. He's dying of cancer. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we were talking, and he said, you know, I have no regrets of how I live my life. And he gave some examples, and everything he listed had everything to do with ministry. It wasn't vacations he's been on. It wasn't, you know, prizes he's won. It, everything was ministry-related. It made me think of that verse. He, he had poured out his life like a drink offering. And ironically enough, one of the things he mentioned was Honduras, was Sparrow Missions. He, mm. he didn't go through our church, but through another church. And so we got to share that journey together. And I, and I bring that up because I think, of, I think that's what I want to be able to say and what I should be able to say near the end of my life. I'm poured out like a drink offering. And so any opportunity we can to, to share the gospel, be it here in Shelbyville, be it in Honduras, um, wherever that is, you know, we want to take advantage of that. And Mary has served alongside of me um, since we've been married with our, you know, we talked about, she talked about time and not being right. You know, we were so invested in ministry in inner city Philly and Detroit for eight years straight. And so we knew several years ago, I think she's the one that brought it up. She said, we need to go to Honduras. And it was just like, yeah. Uh, so it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. And I think our ministry in Philly was kind of coming to an end. That season was kind of closing out. And so she was like, all right, we're, we're going next summer. And so the only real conversation we had that was a little, uh, was whether or not to bring our five-year-old son. And we kind of went in circles on that. I was pushing for it. She was kind of against it. Um, ultimately, we decided it might be too much of a distraction at that young of an age to, like, might distract us from ministry. But um, so, yeah, and for us, it, we knew the money would be there. It was really concerns about, will God take care of child care? <laughs> you know, that's where mm -hmm. we were like, is, is this going to be okay? And it, yeah, so, yeah, it worked out easy it's awesome. peasy. It's awesome. Here I am thinking that the hardest part is going as a couple, and you're, the hardest part was deciding whether or not to take your five-year-old. <laughs> so, uh, me of little faith. Um, all right, so what was, the, um, what was the coolest thing that you saw God do in the ministry down there while you guys were in, in Honduras? Um, I really want to speak about, you know, the other people that went with us. Um, Dr. Jamie Coleman went with us, the dentist next door, and he was pulling teeth, and we, uh, we went to, like, the men's uh, rehab facility, and um, the men just, of course, just laid there took it. But we went to Sparrow Mission Academy with the children, and these kids, I mean, I freak out going to the dentist, 
to, and I'm not getting my teeth pulled, you know, but these kids, they were wanting their teeth to be pulled to relieve the pain that they were in. And um, they just sat there and took it like a champ, getting the shots in their mouths. Like, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, and also, well, I'll let you, I'll let you share with you. It's the same thing. You're doing great. I think uh, a couple of cool things about our team. So there were cool things about our team and cool things about, about Sparrow Missions. And so Anessa celebrated her one-year anniversary being baptized while she was in Honduras. Yeah. And that was really exciting to see. Yeah. And um, so she's totally stepped up to the plate. She shared her story and her testimony in so many different places that always was able to connect to somebody. Um, and, and she, it was just amazing stuff. And then she's had a desire to sponsor kids down there and like, so yeah, two kids, they ended up being siblings and she didn't even know it. And so, um, she's sponsoring kids and she was sharing her story. Same with Diana, Diana Adams, who lives in North Carolina now, she stepped up to the plate and was always wanting to push herself into every place and to challenge herself and grow herself, share her story. Um, and I think for me, the coolest thing I saw God do was, you know, our series right now is carbon copy and making carbon copies of the residue of Christ, y'all, that's happening in Honduras. That is happening with Sparrow Missions. We're in a place, uh, they were in a place called the Bordos, which I know has been talked about year after year after year, of uh, basically squatter settlements of young boys growing up as kind of, you know, gang-controlled, and, you know, as kids get older, they're tinkering with joining the gang, but now that Sparrows is invested there, they have another option, and that's to be plugged into a church. Now, listen to how cool this is, okay? They've been there, I think, 10 years total. Um, and so some of these guys that we met in the Bordeaux and the squatter settlement, they're now 17, 18, 19 years old. Started when they were, you know, 8 years old, 9 years old with Sparrow. So listen to how cool this is. So we went to this orphanage, and, and I've been praying all along that God would open doors for gospel conversations. And since Sparrow is so invested in discipleship and discipling these people, um, God was able to answer that prayer and conversation I was able to have. And one of them was at an orphanage, and there's this boy, he's a teenager. And I got to talking with him. I had a translator with me. And uh, he was kind of rescued off the streets, and he was in this orphanage. I said, so do you like it here? And he said, well, I like it when the gringos come. Because the people from America come, like, weekly, different mission organizations that go to this orphanage. And I said, why? And I said, and he said, because we're so nice, right? I said, well, why, why do you think we come? Why do you think that is? And, and he said, because you see your pain and suffering and you want to help. Which is cool, but at the same time, like, you're not totally getting why we're coming. And so I, I started to ask, well, what do you know about Jesus? Because, you know, Scripture said the love of Christ compelled Paul to do these things. I said, that's the way I feel. The love of Christ compels me to come and to share the story of Jesus and to invest in what Sparrow's doing to disciple others. And so I was telling him this. And, um, and he knew a little bit about Jesus, right? He could kind of tell me the crucifixion story. But it was cool because he, he kind of withdrew, and he was just kind of standing there, just, just kind of silent. And then we were loading up in the van to leave, and the translator came to me and said, he just came up to me and said, so you come because of Jesus? She said, yes. And he said, I'm going to think about that. And what's so cool is that because Sparrow has invested so much in discipling other people, that they talked to him, this boy that I talked with, about being in a Bible study with boys from the Bordos. So think about this. These boys from the Bordos, they were eight, nine years old. They're growing up, and they're now being discipled by Sparrow Missions. They're now ready for ministry, that they feel called to do a Bible study. 
So now it's not even these Americans coming to do Bible study with them. It's locals right there who, who had the desire for Jesus that now 17 to 20-year-olds are now going to disciple these younger boys in the orphanage. And, and to me, like, making carbon copies. So that was the coolest thing I saw God do. That's good stuff. I talked for too long. I'm sorry. No, no. <clears throat> I mean, you're getting excited. That was, I mean, that's... Uh, and. and Man, shame on us when we don't get excited when we see the gospel changing lives and making a difference. Um, so, last question, um, little teaser for the for the upcoming sermon, right? So, we're going to close out the series today talking about making disciples, and we're going to realize that one of the things that we fail in a lot is just fi- figuring out our gift and using it. So, you all have this unique opportunity, you know. Like, I, I've, and this is confession for me, right? Like. Life is a grind sometimes, and I don't take time to stop and, and serve with my wife. So you are on the mission field, you're serving together, and you get to watch each other in that. Without kids, what is one thing that you learned about each other? What is, you know, what is one thing that you learned about each other in serving down there together that you had never noticed before? Um, well, I've always known that Jeff is a very captivating person when he's speaking to an audience, um, but... His testimony is also just very, very strong, and um, with every, you know, his struggles that he's had to go through. Um, But at each site, no matter who the audience was, Jeff was asked to speak. You know, hey, Jeff, can you say something? He was able to take his testimony and was able to, you know, tweak it just a little bit to where it spoke to everybody at every um, location. And, you know, you had people come up, and he had people come up and asking him questions and uh, just wanted to talk a little bit more with him. Um, and I just thought that was pretty cool just to sit back and watch. And, like, it would be on the spot, like, hey, Jeff, can you share something real quick? Quick, Even if it wasn't his testimony, he was able to bring and preach a sermon that he took, like, two seconds to prepare. Um, so, <laughs> and, over, you know, me, I'm stressing about just talking in front of anybody. Um, but, you know, he was... And, you know, God's given him that ability just to be able, his words. Like, Jeff's able just to talk to people. And that's a huge, it was pretty cool actually getting to watch him in action doing that. Yeah, so, it's yeah. cool. I think for my wife, well, let me say this for our spouses out there. the Going on a mission trip together is the best quality time you can have together. And this is crazy because we didn't even get to sleep in the same room together, right? But I had, which, which was frustrating What kind of quality time are you talking about? <laughs> but... I, I had the best quality time with her, and here, here's why. Because we didn't have our kids with us, but also if you even think going on a family vacation, um, I had more quality time with her doing this than going on like on a vacation because we didn't have to plan anything. We didn't have to make decisions. We didn't have to like stress about getting things together or going, you know, whatever. Like everything's planned out. So we literally just got to just like be together. And, and that quality time was amazing for me. And I learned some things about her um, our first day there. And, and we had said, I knew God would come through with the money for both of us. But I had told her, I said, Mary, if, if we don't raise enough money, like we only raise enough for one person, like you're going to be the one to go because you can speak a little Spanish. And, um, and she's never been on an international mission trip. And I was like, but going um, our first day there, the first place we went to was the hospital. And Mary and I went into the children's cancer ward. And Mary owned that place. I mean, she, and I was just, so we walk in, and I just, 
she just took charge because there's these three, four-year-olds. She could speak what she calls preschool Spanish. So she's right down on her knees with them, talking with them, and just, and just being able to stand in the back. I think I kind of got lost in the moment because one of, the, uh, one of the leaders of the team even, like, nudged me, like, hey, you can talk to them too. But I just got lost in the moment just watching her just shine. And the next, or I think later that day, we were at a recovery center, and I was talking with someone. And then we finished our conversation. I turned around, and Mary's talking with this, this young boy or teenage boy. And, oh, he was 21. Tell me why. He wasn't that young. All right. But, like, yeah, anyways, whatever. Um, and she had a long conversation with him. And what I come to find out is that she's basically sharing the gospel with him, that he uh, feels this hole in his heart. He feels empty. He fills it with drugs. He fills it with alcohol. And she got to share Jesus with him. And he did not know much about Jesus, right? And, um, and I bring that up because I think if we were back here in America, <laughs> she would have just deferred to me mm-hmm. to have that conversation, yeah. right? She, she said absolutely right. <laughs> she would have just kind of pushed me ahead and, like, she would have just deferred to me or would have brought him to me or something. And so being in that setting to where I was occupied and, like, so I think to watch her grow and to make me realize, man, how much am I standing in the way of her being able to be used by God? And how much am I, like, taking over or something, you know, where she's not able to use her, her gift and her talents or feel like she has confidence to, to talk about Jesus freely or whatever because, because we are together a lot and she just defers to me. Mm-hmm. So I think it made me realize that and kind of, you know, punch myself in the face. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, let your wife shine, you know, so... Yeah. You're going to change the verse, and it's not let your light shine anymore. It's let your wife shine. <laughs> Guys, we could all take note on that. <laughs> okay. You bragged on me, so I'm going to brag on you. Like, when me and Blake were talking about when the Friday when we did the video, um, I brought up Jet. Like, he asked what the scariest thing we did, and I told him one day they let us out in downtown San Pedro with their 13-year-old uh, translator in the middle of all this chaos and gang-ridden country and we're just walking around aimlessly asking homeless people or people in general if they want to go and have peanut butter sandwiches and praise God with us on the side of the street. Well, so we had like, what, like six people show up and at the end, Jeff is like, I think I'm going to go pray for somebody and we're all ready to go. It's hot, it's scary, like, and you just look over and Jeff's got this man in the corner and I was explaining to Blake, it's like he had this like safety bubble all the way around him. Like, you could just see, like, God shining through him. And that was, like, it's just, it was awesome watching Jeff down there. It was, it was amazing. So, there's your bragging rights. And Mary was awesome, so. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Sorry. Well, I'm going to ask uh, Jeff to pray for um, Honduras and for the, the Sparrow team down there. And then I'm asking, I'm, we're going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to ask him to pray for you. Um, because I don't, I don't know if you noticed this, but they decided to go to, to Sparrow a long time, or to Honduras a long time before it was time to sign up for the trip. And so, you know, maybe the, you need to decide today that when this comes around the next time, I'm going. Maybe you need to decide that mentally today. So I'm going to ask him to pray and that you would be sensitive to the Spirit's leading in your life uh, as we do that. So um, thank you all for leading us in, um, in action and by example. And um, Jeff, would you pray for us? Father God, I would just give you praise for who you are. That you met us where we were at, and you saved us and redeemed us and made us whole again. And we thank you for that, God. And God, we just pray. This Romans says, blessed are the feet that carry the good news. So thank you for the opportunity you have given us. 
in the church to carry the good news, God. We pray for Honduras. We pray for Sparrow Missions and the team that's down there that is still doing this every week, whether a mission team goes or not. There are people down there every week discipling and sharing Jesus with these people, God, bringing the message of hope to the lost that they can be found and they can be saved. We pray that you would continue your work in them, God. We pray for the people that we were able to talk with while we were down there, and all the teams that have been down there, that your hand would be in their lives, God, that you would write their story on their hearts, God, that you would continue to pour out your love to reveal yourself to them if they draw near to you, God. God, we pray for the people of this church that, that they would find a, a way to, to be the feet that carry the good news, God. We pray for anybody in here thinking about going, God. We pray, God, we pray for the other opportunities you have you just thrown at our feet with Uganda, with Indonesia, with Honduras. God, we pray for all those missions, God, that the people would come to know who you are so that rocks would not have to cry out your name. We do not want rocks to cry out your name. We want people, God, you desire our hearts. So we pray for the continuing and ongoing ministry. We pray for the people that continue to go. And we pray for convicted hearts, God, to make that choice to just go. God, we also pray that we would also continue to pray for these people and for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.